Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we're talking about what to look for during your investment portfolio review. When it comes to your investment portfolio, it's easy to get stuck in the weeds. We discuss why it's better to start from a high level with your goals than focusing down on the methodology and ending with specific details about your specific situation leads to further clarity and alignment. If you have any questions about any of the items discussed today, please reach out either by phone or email. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to having you with us today. Well, here we go again. That time again. Nice. You got the two of us today. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) As long as you came with the jokes today, Paul. Yeah. Well, that was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Talking investment portfolio review. I think kind of a little bit more into the weeds about the actual investments versus kind of overall life. But I just want to dive through about what the consideration should be on your mind as you're kind of going into an investment review meeting or when you're maybe even looking over your statement or, or kind of anything along those lines. Yeah, and this is a good good time to do this. Uh, we're kind of coming up on the time of year where we start to sit down uh, with everybody and kind of review everything. And this is kind of maybe be a little bit of prep of what, you know, what we think about when we when we do a review and, and kind of the things that are on our minds and kind of the process that we go through. So uh, this this should be pertinent coming up here shortly, for sure. Yeah, and I think the best way to approach this is kind of from the high level down. Um, I think a great place to start, and usually where we, when client sits down with us, we just kind of say, well, how are you? Where are you at? And where's your head at? And and I think that's the same thing to approach when you're you know looking over your investment portfolio is kind of what's my goals, where am I at, and where am I headed? Um, and then working down all the way to the details of, you know, maybe even specific positions. But that's kind of how I think of it from just that, you know, 30,000 foot view all the way down to the weeds. Um, but you got to start from kind of the big picture or just the little details don't get you anywhere. You can kind of get lost in the weeds, so to say. Yeah, for sure. You got to figure out what the destination is before you can figure out which direction to walk. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, and you may not even know the destination, but like you said, the direction, at least where do we want to get pointed? Right. <laughs> Yeah. And so that's usually the start is what, what are the goals? You know, where, where are we trying to go here? Um, and that's everything from, you know, uh, do we have, uh, we have a purchase coming up in the next few months to I've got 20 year goals of paying for a trip or uh, schooling for a grandchild or estate planning. You know, it's just, it's all of those considerations of, of what are the goals of the money? Yeah, and that really brings in to focus, a, a, you know, kind of the the uh, few really important things to consider when you're trying to uh, before you invest in money, and that is uh, time horizon is uh, really critical, and and then also risk tolerance. And so time horizon can, um, you know, that's that one's kind of a little bit tricky to explain sometimes because when you talk about time horizon, we have clients that are, you know. 80, 85, 90, you have people well into their 90s. And and so they always say, well, we don't even buy green, you know, bananas because they're <laughs> going to be gone by, you know. And and but but realistically, time horizon is 
um, essentially when it comes to money is when will this money be spent, right? Either by yourself or by your heirs. And so we have to look at time horizon in terms of, of, you know, the, the expected date of the use of the funds. So a 90 year old, um, you know, let's say they plan on living, you know, five or six years. Well, we need to make sure there's income for those five or six years, but that doesn't mean we need to zero the account out because most people are going to run out of life before they run out of money. At least that's the goal. So generally there's going to be some, some money left over. And, and so you look at the next generation and say, well, you know, when will this money be spent by the kids? So when we talk about time horizon, it's when will the money actually get used by someone? And and that's a, a better way to look at it than how old are you and when are you going to die? Because, you know, most people can't really uh, put, a, put a date on, at least nobody's put a date on it yet for me. We always ask. <laughs> yeah. And I think that applies not only to those in retirement, right? Because those are periodic distributions. You know, the income's going to come out. There's going to be those future expenditures, but also those just getting started. Yeah. Because if you have young kids, you know, some expenses are coming. You know, there's going to be cars or colleges or whatever you're choosing to, to take on. And so that's part of that time horizon discussion too. You know, maybe your personal is that 30 year retirement, which is kind of hard to wrap your mind around when it's so far away. Um, you know, 30 years or forever sometimes feel the same from a planning perspective, but it's just getting as detailed as you can of most likely we'll be using these funds at which time, um, because that's when, cause that leads to all the considerations of when does it need to be in cash? Mm-hmm. And, and if you know that it's coming, sometimes it's worth sitting in cash a little bit longer in a high market time or waiting it out during a low market time. And so just as, as you get that time horizon established, the more, more thought you put into that just makes everything, all the future discussions a lot easier. Right. And the reason time horizon is so important is, you know, different investments have different volatility. And so the shorter the time horizon, the more conservative the investments need to be. And you could have a, a 25-year-old that has a goal to um, go on a nice trip to Europe in five years, and they're saving money for it. And, and that time horizon is, is really specific, and, and you can plan around that, whereas a 90-year-old um, that, you know, is probably going to uh, not, definitely not outlive their money, that, that time horizon is a little bit, that's just tricky because we just don't really have a definitive time on that. Yeah. And that's why I think the, for me personally, I think the distribution phase is, is the kind of the fascinating part of the equation is because right. there's a lot more uncertainty built in it from not only investment side, but also the lifetime usage side. And right. so there's a little bit more judgment in there. And then I think that also leads into risk tolerance. You know, you, you, you get dialed in on when you're going to need the money, most likely, um, you know, it can be a range on the, uh, on that, but then you can kind of lean over into risk tolerance. You know, some, uh, we, I kind of see risk as the, the risk of permanent loss of capital. Um, but others see risk as just volatility. Mm-hmm. And so it's just getting an understanding of what risk is. You know, account values moving around bothers some more than others. Mm-hmm. And so being honest with yourself on that. But then also 
making sure you're putting things into a place so there's not a permanent loss of capital. Like I have, this investment went to zero and I'm now out of money. And right. so it's, it's understanding the risk and understanding how much of that you're willing to take on. Um, you know, putting everything on black in Vegas, it's either all or nothing, right? It, you either get it or you don't. And, and that's not a great way to invest. Uh, you know, some people may see it is, but for the general population, it's not a, not a great way to go. So that risk tolerance is kind of the second half. So it's the goals, time horizon, and then kind of the risk tolerance of mm -hmm. what you can, what you can stomach, which allows you to sleep at night. Yeah. And you can definitely have people who have, um, the exact same time horizon and their portfolio should be vastly different just because of, the, because of risk tolerance. You know, some people get really, really nervous excuse me, if their uh, statement goes down in value and, and others are, you know, it doesn't really bother them that much. And so it doesn't do you any good to have a really good quality investment that you bail out of if it, if it has a, goes through a rough patch, you know, you've just, you've, that's what you you're talking about. You've, if you do that, you've made that loss permanent and, and we really want to avoid those kind of situations for sure. Yeah, so that's the very first phase, those goals, objectives, time horizons, and then risk tolerance. And if you can kind of get all those nailed down, then it, it leads into, well, what pieces satisfy those requirements? You know, what's the investment methodology that gets us there? Uh, you know, and this can be a combination of stocks and bonds, commodities, you know, in the U.S., out of the U.S., but then it can also incorporate insurance products like annuities. And so you start layering all those different pieces of what's the methodology that best satisfies these requirements and is the current one that you have meeting those, you know, because maybe the last time you went through this, your goals have changed or the time horizons changed or those risk tolerances have changed. And so we need to relook at what the methodology of the investments are. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, we have opinions about that and we, we, you know, we have a portfolios that we structure and that we use personally and, and that we think are, um, you know, really good for clients also. That's why we call ourselves Ascend Investment Partners. We invest right alongside of our partners and we're constantly checking uh, markets and how they're performing and do we need to, to make some adjustments here? Um, so those are all things that are discussed during, during the review. And, you know, our, uh, our investment methodology, you know, it's no secret. We are very uh, comfortable with, with stocks that uh, have growing dividends. We just feel like over time, that is a great place to, um, to, to have money, good quality, strong, big companies that pay a dividend and, and raise that dividend every single year. And we found that, that over, uh, reasonable time periods, three to five years, that that, that is a, a place where you can get really good risk-adjusted returns. Yeah, and I think that kind of leads to the backbone of the portfolio. It, you know, we always look at our clients as, you know, taking care of the money, the family money first. Mm -hmm. And it's a great place from a risk-adjusted return, in our opinion. Um, and, and then it allows that if you're comfortable with that, 
can we add more risk if the if it's appropriate or do we need to dial back from there it's a, it's just a great starting point for for a lot of places to go and what we like personally but it doesn't mean we're not fans of you know everything from farmland to private equity they just do different things right and, and that goes back to that timeline discussion you know some of these investments are a lockup period for 10 plus years mm-hmm. and so if you don't have the appro- right time horizon like we talked about previously then it either opens or closes the doors for those different investment opportunities. And, and I think when it, when it really comes down to it, one thing we always try to maximize for is optionality. You know, you want to have the flexibility to be able to make tweaks and adjustments if necessary, because Mm -hmm. plans change, you know, life happens. And so you can't have everything in, you know, locked up, uh, so to say in insurance products or type of investments, if, you know, if there's a chance that something's going to happen or change. And so building that flexibility into a portfolio is kind of why we start where we are is because that seems to be a great intersection of flexibility plus risk adjusted returns for, for a lot of clients. And then we can build out from that core piece of the portfolio. Yeah. And a part of that diversification process is going to be, you know, how much money is available. It's, it's easier to diversify somebody with a you know, three to five million dollar portfolio than it than it is for somebody that has you know two or three hundred thousand dollars, and so we just have to look at each situation and and just determine okay, first what's the goal, uh, what's the risk tolerance, and then you start layering in the investments. And you know everybody's going to have our our core portfolio of of dividend paying stocks because it's just you know it's just a great sleep at white at night way to to have money grow faster than inflation and taxes take it away over time. Um, but if you're, if you're more conservative, then there's going to be more conservative investments that are added to that portfolio to, to bring the risk of that portfolio down money, market accounts, CDs, uh, bond ladder, those kind of things. Uh, if you have a higher risk tolerance, then, and you have appropriate capital, then we're going to layer in some other, uh, growth type investments to, to help, support the portfolio and and diversify the portfolio right and that's that methodology discussion does this methodology line up with those goals timelines and risk tolerances and how do they work together mm-hmm. um yeah i think sometimes a common mistake we see in in portfolios is just add more things but they can all be the same thing right <laughs> you know you can right now large cap growth has done really well in the US for about a decade now and so a lot of funds have creeped towards large cap growth type funds uh, whether they're marketing themselves as something else or not and so mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of end up layering in more of the same in your portfolio and that's why the methodology is really important what's the decision making behind the fund the the investment that we're putting into the portfolio and does it help and assist with the overall goals of the portfolio. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes us to kind of our last point of just, uh, you know, going through more of the, uh, of the weeds of the portfolio going down, you know, line by line, obviously that's what we do for clients is we will make trims and changes to the portfolio over time to keep in line with the methodology that we think is appropriate. Um, but occasionally there's client specific things that we need to prepare for, such as maybe a large tax position. You know, if we have a, a position that's grown faster than others and, uh, and we can start looking at a client's individual position, say, is now a good time to realize some of those taxes? Do we have some losses to offset it? And so that's that last piece of if you have everything else in a row, how do we handle these special and specific situation for, for each client? 
Yeah, and they're all they're all just a little bit different. And and the other uh, part of that equation too is, uh, you know, portfolios come in and out of favor, and and you know the the important thing to remember about the methodology is does it make sense and does it make sense over the long term? And sometimes we'll look at the portfolio and we'll go, gosh, you know, this thing's just not. Uh, is not really performing very well lately. And, and there's, uh, as, as an advisor, that's a really uh, kind of a frustrating situation to be in where you know you have quality investments that line up with the risk and historically are going to be fine. But for whatever reason, uh, you're in a period of underperformance. And so the, you know, the, the, the equation always is, well, should we, should we do something different? And, um, you know, the, 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 the danger there is when you um, start making adjustments to your investment methodology uh, just because of performance issues, you, you can really significantly increase the risk of the portfolio if you're not careful. Uh, now's probably a good, a good as example as we've ever seen. I've, I've just never seen such a divergence in the market as there is right now. And, and the, the conservative stocks of just not performed well this year. And, uh, you know, like the, so you take the Dow Jones industrial average versus the NASDAQ. Well, the, the Dow Jones is just all these big blue chip dividend paying type companies. Mm-hmm. And I think I looked this morning, it's up, I don't know, 3% for the year or something like that. If you add in dividends, it's, you know, maybe up four, four and a half percent, something like that. The NASDAQ's up 30%. And so, the, you know, the danger of, 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 of looking at, a portfolio uh, at performance first and then philosophy uh, last as you're always kind of chasing the returns. And, uh, you know, the danger of making a big adjustment right now is that you, you move a bunch of money into that aggressive market. And, you know, we have a if we stumble a little bit in the economy, uh, that, that's where it's going to get uh, hit the worst. And so we have to just, you know, as an advisor, what we're trying to do is always we're trying to skate where the puck is going to be to give you a hockey analogy we we don't want to chase the puck we want to go where it's going to be so we look for value we look for valuations that are attractive uh europe is very attractive right now uh, from a uh, price to earnings ratios and things like that so uh, that's that's the the all the things that we look at when we when it comes down to portfolio construction yeah and that's that's kind of that weeds that we're talking about you know mm-hmm. this is different for for each client and each each position and i think if you go back it's easy to want to chase growth all the time because over you know 30 years it does look really good but there are periods where it just goes sideways we had that period in, from the late 90s to you know about 99 to 2009 where the s&p 500 which is a pretty aggressive uh style investment of you know 500 companies in the u.s and and they basically went sideways for 10 years mm-hmm. and uh, you know going up through those 90s there was a lot of there was a big run up in price and then mm-hmm. they just didn't then they sold off and recovered and sold off and um, so you end up kind of going nowhere for for 10 years and that can really impair a, a retirement portfolio you know if you assume a retirement's going to be 25 years and you lose you know nearly half of that with a sideways market, that's, that can be a significant problem. Mm-hmm. And so that's that methodology and balancing it with that, that personal uh, situation. And, and so there's always just these details that come and go and working through um, any consideration that's 
specific to to each client but that's that's the high level the goals risk tolerance time horizon what's the methodology that matches that can i can i handle it can i line up with it and what are any tweaks or changes that need to happen Mm -hmm. based on your current situation because no two portfolios are the same because everybody's in kind of a different situation right so that's the what we look for when we're heading into an investment review um, and kind of when we look through a portfolio if you have any other additional questions you know you're always welcome to reach out and uh, we're happy to kind of go over your situation none of this is advice to buy or sell kind of all those uh, details that we always want to say it's just this is all for educational purposes thanks for listening thank you for tuning in and listening to your investment partners with paul and garrett if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe to our podcast on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts also visit us at ascendinvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman, and Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners, is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk.